Amen. Again, our text is in Romans 6, and you can turn there for a moment. You know, baptisms always have kind of a, uh, there's always um, some ex- unexpected things that will occur in baptisms. I remember uh, my music director back in my first church, uh, he said that when he was baptized, he was baptized out in, a, out in the creek, a uh, deep place in the creek, and um, uh, he had been baptized and the boys all went around behind the bushes to change clothes, to get their clothes back on. So they got back there and they got into a nest of yellow jackets. And they all got stung and they were running with their clothes, you know, trying to get out of the way. So uh, you never know, you know, what might, what might happen. I remember also in that church, it was, a, it was an older church. The church dated back to 1832. And uh, that building wasn't that old. They, I think that building was built probably in 1950 or so. But... Uh, uh, the baptismal pool was a little, you know, it had been aged a little bit, kind of rusty and all that. And um, I remember one, one Sunday we were preparing to have baptism, and I went in early uh, in the morning to, well, in that church you just did everything. I had to cut the heat on and whatever and, and uh, do whatever, you know. And so uh, I heard this splashing going on. And I thought, what in the world was going on? And I, and I looked, and the baptismal pool was running over. The, the, it had been left on all night. And so it had flooded the, uh, flooded the whole area back there. So we got that all cut off, you know. And, and then we baptized. You know, we were splashing the choir because it was all right up to the top, you know. And that happens sometimes anyway. I went in another time and uh, uh, went in, you know, kind of early. And, and I heard this sound going, uh, a sucking sound happening. I thought, oh, gosh, what's going on now? Looked up there and the thing was draining. It would had a little, the, the, the valve or something wouldn't cut off all the way. And so we were, we were losing water. Well, we had to have a baptism that morning. So, um, and whatever, the thing wouldn't work. And so I had to kind of, you know, get my baptismal clothes on a little quicker than usual and get down into that water, go under the water and put a washcloth down in there and stop it up, you know. That was before the service. So. So I had to go back and change again and back and, you know, so forth. So uh, I remember Josh was with me. He was just a little fella. You know, he got in the water, too. He wanted to get down in there. Uh, and then uh, we had this, we had the, one of the services there, and uh, the man that was to uh, drain the baptismal pool, and by the way, David is the one that fills our pool here, and uh, he usually drains it, and we usually get by without too much, uh, too much problem. David takes care of things, but... Um, that particular day, um, for whatever reason, that man had to go somewhere. He wasn't going to be around for the service. So he just went ahead and uncranked it, you know. And so during the service, we had this... <laughs> all the way through the service, was this gurgling, you know, bubbling sound going on. It was So, you know, that'll make you want to talk about, you know, being down at the river or something, you know, so you could kind of at least stay with it. So uh, anyway, it can be pretty eventful. Uh, but baptism, you know, baptism, the way Baptists do it, you know, uh, well, that's the reason we're called Baptists, because we do dunk. We could have easily been called dunkers. And so, uh, but that's why we're called Baptists, because of immersion. And it's part of our doctrine. We, we uh, um, believe that that was the way it was practiced in the New Testament days when people were baptized. Uh, they were immersed down into the water. Uh, uh, some denominations do practice an, uh, uh, infant baptism. We don't feel like infant baptism is actually the biblical way. It is a practice, though, in many churches. Uh, 
that uh, infants will be baptized. And I think, I think the idea is that somehow they'll be a part of the church, you know, through that baptism in a sense. Even those churches have times where the, uh, the faith must be confirmed as they get older. But uh, we do not practice infant baptism. Um, uh, infant baptism is really a, more of a parental decision than it is the decision, obviously, of the baby. Uh, we practice what's called believer's baptism, and uh, that's really the focus of what I want to talk about this morning. A uh, person is not to be baptized until they are a believer, until they have actually made their own profession of faith. So uh, there's nothing magical about baptism. There's nothing about being dunked under the water that has any kind of salvish, salvific kind of, of um, meaning to it. Uh, it's not a, a way of imparting the grace of salvation or anything like that. That's something that we, we before we're baptized, we have our own personal uh, commitment to Jesus Christ, our own personal moment of salvation, our own personal uh, answer to the conviction of sin in our heart and asking God to forgive us our sins and then asking him to be our Savior, come into our life, and we're going to follow him. And so that experience of salvation uh, occurs before we are baptized. And uh, so that's why we don't just push baptism or try to pressure people into baptism. It's one of those things that occurs as a person becomes their own uh, a believer in their own right. And so uh, it causes us to identify with Jesus Christ and to identify with the cross, the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, to identify with the fact that uh, he has called us to be a witness also of his resurrection. We not only uh, believe in the death of Jesus, but also the resurrection of Jesus, and he calls us to live in a new life. And so it's a picture. I've said this probably most every time we baptize. Baptism is like a picture. Uh, it's almost framed. You can see a picture of the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ and our life with him. Dying our sins, buried with Christ through his forgiveness and raised to a new life. And so uh, that is, that is uh, the emphasis of baptism. And I think it's important occasionally just to uh, go over what it is what, what is believer's baptism? What is a believer's baptism? Well, one is it does identify with the cross. And so uh, in Romans 6, it says in um, uh, verse, let's see where I'm at, Romans 6 here, where verse 4, therefore we are, uh, it says in, in verse 3, uh, we are baptized into Jesus Christ. We're baptized into his death. And so the cross has a deep significance for us all. Uh, of all, of, of all the uh, meanings that come around the life of Christ, to me the central matter is the matter of the cross and the resurrection of Jesus. And so it is the cross that we look, uh, we realize that a person is receiving Christ as Savior, as their Savior. We need a Savior. And you can't receive Christ as a Savior until you believe with all your heart you need a Savior. You can't, you, can't, you can't become a Christian unless you really understand in your life that I am a sinner, that you are a sinner, and that you need the forgiveness that comes from heaven. Uh, our sins is a very important matter. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. 
Our sins have left unforgiven. Our sins have left without the grace of God touching our life. Our sins will, will send us to hell. Our sins will, will separate us from God forever. And so uh, it is a personal commitment that we make to him. A believer has been justified only by the blood of Jesus Christ. It's through the shedding of his blood on the cross that we receive justification for our sins. Why? Well, how does that happen? Uh, it doesn't happen that our good deeds are weighed against our bad deeds and someday we're going to go to heaven and, and I hope that we've been good enough to be able to get into heaven because if that's the case, none of us will be in heaven. We all are sinners. All have sinned, the Bible said, and come short of the glory of God. All we like sheep have gone astray. And so uh, it, it, it does not refer to being just judged based on our own good works. We are, we are basically judged uh, through Jesus Christ because he has taken upon himself our sins. I'm looking at some folks today, and I see among this group what I'd consider some pretty good people. And some of you say, well, you're not looking at me. I would say I'm probably looking at some pretty sorry people too. I don't know. I looked in the mirror this morning at one I'd consider a pretty sorry person. And so we're not saved by our goodness. Whatever our judgments are about each other, we are saved by his justification. Because he has deemed us just because his son has paid the penalty for us. He has accepted uh, the penalty that was due us, and that is death. He accepted that on the cross. And so uh, baptism is a witness to the world of this reality. I am crucified with Jesus Christ. His crucifixion is for me. The cross was for me. If it was for anybody else, yes it is, but it's for me. I'm believing it. I'm trusting him. I'm taking that into my heart, into my life. And you know, that's a life-changing matter. I tell you, many, many of us might be, might be really uh, uh, bearing a great burden under our sin. We may feel totally uh, defeated and totally out of it. I see, Bobby, I'm going to cut myself on here. Bobby, that's a Shannon. Yeah, that's a slender version of Bobby back there. <laughs> And a little darker hair. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's life changing. We can labor along in our life and we may think we're doing pretty good, but you know what? We realize that over time we're fighting a losing battle. And we may feel ourselves just sliding down totally, helpless. Well, when we get to that spot, I want you to know. That's the time. That's a good time to call on Jesus. It's a good time to bow down and pray. Had a man come to this church one time. He just wanted to come in and look at the church. He came into the sanctuary. And uh, he said, I want to go down to that altar. I said, okay. And he come down to the altar here and he bowed down. He said, this is the place when I was a teenager. I gave my heart to Jesus Christ. He said, I hadn't been in this church. I've been away from here for a long time. He said, I just wanted to come back to the place 
where I laid it all on the altar of God. And when, you're laying your, when you're laying your all on the altar of God, you're laying your heart on the cross. You're laying your heart on the dying Jesus Christ on the cross. He was, he was crucified for our sins. And He did it voluntarily. He submitted Himself to that uh, on our behalf. Believer's baptism also is a witness to our hope in the resurrection. Remember the picture? It is not only a picture of the death and burial of Jesus Christ, but it is a picture of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And believer's baptism is a witness to our belief and trust that Jesus is risen again. We're not serving a dead Savior. We're not serving a dead God. We are serving a living Jesus Christ. I heard some little church open up their uh, little radio program. Uh, Yesterday I was listening on the radio and they said, uh, we are, that Jesus is still alive. That we're witness to the fact that Jesus is still alive. Jesus is alive. He is alive. And we are, we are bearing witness to Him. And that's what, <clears throat> that's what we have to offer when we go and talk to other people. We're not talking about uh, just a concept of God. We're talking about a personal relationship we have with Him. I died with Him. The Bible says, uh, Paul says, uh, I'm crucified with Him. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And so we are, we are bearing witness to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Paul said if there's no resurrection, if Jesus has not been raised, then we are without hope. We are, of, we are of the worst of people, he would say. We have no future. We have no faith. That that message that Jesus has risen again, that is a message that we're taking hold of our lives when we become a Christian. We're not dedicating our life just in concepts here. We're not just saying, well, Lord, I'm just giving my heart. I'm committing my life to the living Lord Jesus Christ. He's a person. He's a person, just like you are alive and a person. We can talk and we relate to each other. And we can, uh, we can be together. Believer's baptism is a picture of the gospel's great assertion that Christ is risen. It's not just what happens in that pool either. It's the life that comes out of that pool. The life that's been changed. When you make, when you make that commitment to Christ, you come out of there with a, with a responsibility. You come out of there with a responsibility to shine the light of Jesus Christ. To live for Him to seek to reflect His love, to seek to, to share, to, to seek to uh, give to His uh, uh, glory your life. And so those who are watching baptism, if you're a Christian, you should be reflecting on your own baptism and what it's meant to you. And it ought to be a time of recommitment of your life if you are wandered away. If you're not letting Christ really be shown through your life, to your family to your neighbors, to the pl- workplace, to those that you have a, uh, anything to deal with. Um, if you're not shining that light forth, then, you know, it's a good time to say, I need to recommit my life. They're committing their life. I've been there. And I need to do that in my life. And so uh, it is a time. If we're lost and you watch a baptism, it also is a testimony to you. It's a testimony that you too can give your heart to Christ. You can give your heart to Him. There's a place that you can put your life that's going to be safe. You're going to be saved. 
You're going to be, you're going to be made right with God. You're, you've, got a, you've got one you can come. You've got a chance now with God to give your heart to Him. And it makes a difference in your whole life, with your whole walk. It may be, it is what is necessary to bring peace to our heart. You can have a peace that Bible says passes all understanding. When I was thinking about this message, I thought about an old song. It's called The Haven of Rest. And the, and the chorus of that song goes like this. I've anchored my soul in the haven of rest. I'll sail the wide seas no more. The tempest may sweep or the wild stormy deep. In Jesus, I'm safe evermore. When you made those vows to the Lord, you can put your life in His hands. Whatever happens, and plenty can happen. Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you're not going to, you will not face the storms of life. You will. But you will be secure. You'll be anchored. You'll be anchored in the Lord. I asked Billy if he wouldn't mind just to sing a couple of verses of those, that song. So, Billy, you come and sing that for us. Appreciate it. <coughs>
Paul said, he said, Therefore we're buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. I like that phrase. It says, Was Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father. You know, we think of glory as maybe a more passive term, but he was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, the Shekinah glory of God. Filled him and raised him from the dead. And it is that glory of the Father that comes on a Christian's life. It comes on our life when we have accepted him as Savior and invited him into our heart with all sincerity. It's the glory of God. It's the Holy Spirit of God. It comes into our life. And then he says, even so, we should also walk in newness, in newness of life. So, believer's baptism not only pictures the uh, death of Christ and the resurrection of Christ, the death of the believer in Christ, the resurrection, the new life that's come to a believer's life, but also it pictures the new beginning, a life, a beginning of a new life with Him. So, it's not the end. Don't think that when you're baptized that somehow you arrived, that you've just somehow got there. Uh, a lot of us may think of, well, I was baptized and I'm saved, so no matter what, you know, God's going to take care of me. Don't be presuming on God like that. He's, he saved us for a cause. If that was all there was, if it was just a matter of getting saved and being baptized, then uh, we might do about as well once the preacher brought us up, just go ahead and put us back under and hold us there. Now, I wouldn't get to do that but one time maybe before I was arrested. But uh, if that was all there was to it. But we're raised for a reason. We are saved for a purpose. God has a place in His work for us. And so when we, are, when we become Christians, we are beginning. Through, and baptism is one of those first steps. We're beginning those new steps for Jesus. And we're beginning a walk and a journey that's going to take place all our life long. There's never a time to to rest on your laurels, no matter where you are, no matter how old you may have gotten. Uh, Even the oldest of us know this. We know that there's challenges ahead as we stand for Christ, as we keep walking for Christ. We know that there's still a challenge for us to step up for Jesus and to to keep uh, following Him. So... Uh, the goal of Christianity is not just to baptize bodies, uh, but that we, that we follow Him in new life. Over in, Also in Romans, Paul says in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, he said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present these bodies of yours, your bodies, a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. So he says... You know, use this life now you have, this earthly life and this earthly body, to be be a witness for Him, to be, it says, be not conformed by the world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good, acceptable, and the perfect will of God for your life. And so He is is calling us to 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 a new walk. Let the presence of Christ dwell in you richly. Stay in His Word. Stay in prayer. Stay among His people. Stay, stay active as a witness. Be a conscious witness. Uh, how many of us look at the people around us uh, with, with eyes that might be 
you know, alert. Now I'm one of these guys, like probably most of these guys. Somebody asked me about the decorations yesterday at the church and how they love the decorations, how beautiful they were. And uh, they said, didn't you think these, these decorations were beautiful? And uh, I thought for a moment, and I had to honestly say, I did not even recall them, not one thing. Stood right here and looked at them, but didn't, wasn't conscious of it. You know, I wasn't looking for them. Uh, I'm that way about my clothes. I really don't even know. Couldn't tell you right now what, what kind of tie I got on or nothing. Uh, I do remember I got a flower on. That's all I got. But do we find ourselves sometimes just cruising along among people? And some of them really are a time in life when I believe that open for the Lord. And maybe we, we just give them a passing glance. And we don't realize what an opportunity may have just walked past us in our life to make a difference for Jesus. That's all the work of the Holy Spirit in our life. So baptism shows our identification with Christ. It's a witness to the resurrection of Christ. It's also a picture of the beginning of a new life, a new walk with Him. At the end of our services, we give invitations. That's another Baptist thing. We've been doing it a long time. Baptist kind of came up at, through revivalism. And so every service of a Baptist meeting always has that uh, call to a response, a call to accept Christ or call to a decision in your life, maybe a calling on your life to follow a calling, a cause of certain decisions to make, important decisions. Uh, it used to be in the old, what we call the old sawdust trails and people would walk those trails. And so giving invitations is something that, that we do, and I believe in them. I believe there's a, lot, there's a lot of use of an altar in the church. I believe there's a time when people need to come, when God's touched your heart in a special way, significant way. There's a story about a young girl who came down uh, to close a revival service, and the invitation was given, and she came forward, and she put her hand in the hand of the pastor. And as she did so, she whispered in the preacher's ear, and Sometimes that's when somebody whispers, it gets real hard to hear, I can tell you that. But uh, uh, she whispered in his ear, and she said, I want to redecorate my life, she said. Well, you know, that's, that's pretty good. Redecorate means I'm going to clean some stuff out. And I want to repair and I want to maybe repaint. That's almost like repent, isn't it? Repaint. And clean up some things in my heart. Well, when you come to Jesus, you know you come with all sincerity. And you just give Him everything. And say, Lord, I want to redecorate my life. I want you to come in and change me. And make me the kind of vessel you want me to be. Will you bow with me now before our invitation? And Father, we do pray that, God, as we have witnessed this baptism, Lord, with our eyes, and realize, Lord, in the lives of these people, today they are expressing a change in their heart and life. And it's a change to walk with Jesus Christ as personal Savior and to represent Him as a witness in this world. 
And God, that is also the call of all of us. Maybe someone here today is they've been right on the right on the front porch of making that decision to accept Christ as Savior. Lord, this morning, as your Holy Spirit, God, is speaking to our heart, may we be willing to say, God, I'm, I just really need to turn it all over to Him. I don't know what else I can do. I've tried everything, perhaps. And I need to come today and just yield it all over to Him today. And uh, let Him take control. Some may say, I'm really fighting. I'm in a fierce battle for my soul. And I feel like that I know that God, uh, I'm a Christian. But I know that I'm in a real battle right now. And I just really want to redecorate, rededicate myself to Him. I want to ask Him to just uh, fill my heart with His Holy Spirit. And help me get through. Maybe you're in a real battle. Maybe there's another storm of another kind in your life. And, and uh, you're just really needing God to pull close to you. And you just want to make a decision today. And I just want to uh, renew my faith in Him, my trust in Him today. Well, Lord, we love you. And we thank you for this hour in Jesus' name. Amen. Hymn number 296 we'll sing, sing today. Jesus is the Lord of my life, and I invite you as God's speaking to your heart today. You just walk this old aisle today. Maybe just to bow here at the altar. I'd be glad to pray with you. Let's stand together as we sing today. Oh